0: Welcome to the Men on Purpose podcast, featuring dynamic conversations with emerging and established visionary men on purpose. Thanks for joining us today as we celebrate the men on purpose who are committed, creative, courageous changemakers, living their best, most fulfilling life possible. Now, here's the host of Men on Purpose, Ian Lobos.
1: Hey everybody, and welcome back to the Mental on Purpose podcast, where our mission is to elevate, educate, empower, enrich, and evolve you. Like how I did that every time I say that, and it's like, oh, I'm going to empower, enrich, and all these other different things. But we are clear: our mission is to evolve you as a human, however you choose to. We're presenting information for you to be able to do that. So today, we're talking about money on purpose, and my guest today is Ryan Clark dude is awesome. You guys are going to love this. And honestly, when I saw Ryan's bio come over, you know, I have a lot of people that want to be on this show and I'm I'm very selective and very purposeful about who I choose to be on here because obviously those five E's matter to me. They matter to you. So I want to make sure a guest matches up. And when I I saw Ryan Clark's bio, I was like, wow, this guy's got some cool stuff going on. He's got a cool story. I'm going to read you some of his bio, but I'm going to let me tell you about what we're going to talk about on the show, right? Everything having to do with money. Orion has a really cool company called Cube with a Q, Q-U-B-E. And it's a, it's a, it's a budgeting tool. It's like the envelope system, but advanced in, in online technology. And it's really freaking awesome. You're going to hear more of that at the end. But in the beginning, what we're going to talk about is everything around money. So habits, fulfillment, self-love, care, chasing dreams, To become fulfilled, like all of us want to do, but only few of us actually do. Learning through failure, not living a life of regret, uh, building the foundation of business and fundamentals, taking on challenges, financial planners and the good ones and the not so good ones. And you'll hear my opinion on that. So (laughs) you're welcome. (laughs) Cash flow. Again, habits around money. We're going to talk about marriage, communication, money with kids, money in your relationship. No joke. We're talking about money. I promise you this is not going to be boring because I don't like boring. If you listen to this show for a while, and even if you haven't, you can hear it in my voice. I don't like boring. I don't like plain old, plain Jane, vanilla topics like money and politics. But I can tell you right now, I was entertained. I learned stuff. I wrote a ton. I know you're going to love this. So let me tell you a little bit about... Ryan Clark. So early on, Ryan he found success with real estate. He was flipping houses when he was around 18. And then he became a mortgage broker because, you know, he found that he really wanted to, to step into that business. Cause obviously, those of you that have flipped, you're going to have some fo- some flops in there. And so he found that after mortgage, after being a mortgage broker, his true passion was teaching people about money. And that's one of the things in this episode that we're going to talk about in, in detail is His ability to leave that job, he was making great money, right? Making great money in mortgages, but the ability to say, I'm not fulfilled. This isn't what I'm supposed to be doing and take that leap. That's what our coaching company is all about. That's what our front runner live events and and mastermind is all about is helping people say, I want this and I'm not sure how to get it. This is not the life I want to live, even though I make the great money or I've got the wife and family or I've got the house and the, whatever. If you're not fulfilled, you got to take another step. Just that's just it, right? So he became a financial planner, and then he uh, uh, you know worked in that for a while, and again saw its flaws. Wrote a book called The Order of Wealth, and you know like as a financial planner, he watched his clients fail at budgeting, and he kept seeing that. So he developed this thing called Cube with a Q, and honestly, it's so simple, but. What it actually does for people and their communication, their habits, their relationships, not only with money, but with other people who they have money with, whether it's a spouse or kids, is freaking awesome. Honestly, I was really surprised. I kind of wish I would have talked about the end stuff in the beginning. But regardless, you guys are going to love this episode. We love you. We really appreciate you for always listening and supporting us. Remember, we've got a, a Facebook community up now, the Men on pa- Purpose. Facebook community, not to be confused with the Men on Purpose podcast community, totally different. So we want you to go to the Men on Purpose community on Facebook. There's tons of free resources. There's giveaways. People like Ryan and a lot of our other guests that have been on the show, they're going to be popping into the group to give free advice, value after value after value content. And that's all for you because you support us. So thank you, as always, for rating and reviewing the show. If you haven't subscribed, make sure you subscribe to the show. Hit iTunes, hit Stitcher, Spotify, go to Mental Purpose Podcast, and subscribe to that thing. We love you. We thank you for making us a top-rated show on iTunes. Couldn't be happier with the way this thing is going. And as always, if you want a T-shirt, I got you one. <laughs> I'm giving out like 250 of them. You should see them around. Anyway, this is Ryan Clark. Enjoy the episode. Take care. Ryan welcome to the show my friend let's get started man let's uh let's dive right into it I want to know your background and because you got a really interesting story you started early like 18 flipping houses and I feel like you've been successful with everything you've done but what I'm really interested in and I know the audience will be is your your trajectory through like from 18 on through different businesses and how you actually made the shifts from successful person in those businesses to say, this isn't it. I got to move on. Like I, this isn't it, and I'm not okay with staying here making great money, but being unfulfilled.
0: Yeah. This is actually a really awesome, awesome topic. Um, and there's a good story back here. So yeah, when I was 18, well, really when I was 14, I got interested and I bought a whole course on how to do real estate. And I thought that was exciting, but then I realized I couldn't buy anything because I was 14. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So when I was 17, I started putting together some deals and it was two days after my 18th birthday that I bought my first property. I flipped five properties when I was 18. The uh, three of them were awful. So they weren't all successes, right? Yeah. Three were awful, made, you know, lost money, but two made great money. And in the end, I, I came out ahead. So that was was awesome. Um, Eventually I got into mortgage brokering, uh, mostly because I wanted to do my own deals. And and I was flipping properties and and that was all great. But through that, I realized that I had this passion and and love to to teach people, to teach and to help them with with money issues. And I loved learning about money and just how it works, wealth building, all these things. So eventually I figured, oh, I should go be a financial planner. So I went down that path, but there was something that was a, a, a big disconnect for me. In the, in the financial planner world, you got really their, their mutual fund salesman, stock salesman, yeah. investment salesman, right? And I felt a much higher resonance with personal finance and helping people manage their money, get out of debt, control their, their expenses and kind of the, the foundational work so that they could invest and could really build wealth. And so that's what my practice over the last 13 years really focused in on was more of that personal finance uh, piece. But even there, there was frustrating. So I'm, I'm very growth oriented. That's yeah. really what I'm all about. Money for me is a scoreboard, right? How well am I doing? How much impact am I having? But if I'm not growing, if I'm not helping people and helping them grow, then I'm, I don't feel fulfilled. And I, and I've, I think that's what a lot of men are looking for. Like, and you were mentioning there's this guy's making seven figures there. They've got all the stuff and they're just dying inside. Yeah. Well, that, that has been me multiple times throughout, throughout my career also. I'd go home and be like, why am I depressed? I've got all this stuff. Right. Everything seems to be going great. But, you know, and um, yeah. And so it, I've, I've realized that it's not so much about the stuff and the money and all that. It's, very, it's so much more about me and my own growth model, who I am. And I, am, I really, am I really able to deliver that? To not only to myself, that's first, but then also am able to give that to others? Yeah. And so I've become much more focused in on, on, um, my, my own me time, right? Making sure that I'm not just going to the gym so I can look great, although that's nice, but it's, it's mostly, it's kind of my reconnection time. And I love, I was telling you in the beginning, I love running mountains, uh, it, it, I love being outside. I put on my headphones and I don't do music too often. It's usually an audio book of some kind. So I'm connecting with God and nature. I'm learning something great. So there's that aspect. And, and then there's the achievement of getting to a peak and here in Utah where I live, we've got lots of peaks. So it's yeah. really fun. So, so there's, go, go there's back. a little bit. I don't know if you want to, yeah, I want to uh, go, dive go, on go some back to those pieces. That. Okay. So we've got,
1: there are so many people that call us. I was that guy. And, and you probably were that guy for a while until you made the, the change. But I was that guy sitting in the... Actually, it feels really good to be on the other side of this. I was the guy sitting in the real estate business. Actually, go back, I was sitting in my dad's uh, shipping company at you know 24 years old, making a ton of money. And I had no life. I had nothing. And I was constantly terrified that two things. One, if, if this business got taken from me, if something happened to this business, I would be going with it. Like my, my every bit of me identity. And the second thing was, um, I I just, I, I don't know who I am in this whole thing and I'm worried that I'm unable to build what my dad could build. So I left and I wound up getting into real estate and I grew a real estate business very quickly and was very successful. About two and a half, three years in, I was like, this isn't it. I hate this business. I hate this, this never ending. Um, and and dude, listen, don't get me wrong. I stayed in this business because the clients we had, most of them, like, like, like 85% were awesome people to deal with. And they kept referring and they kept giving us business. And I thought, well, you know, like it's that old adage inside that I know a lot of guys think about, which is, well, look, I'm making great money. I got some, I got good time off, you know, like to spend with my family, but yeah, you know, I'm I'm not going to, I'm not really going to risk making a move. Like what if it doesn't work and I cost my family a ton of time and money and that kind of thing. So I kept thinking about that and thinking about that. And then I said, you know, I'm just so miserable. I want to find something that truly fulfills me. And I meet so many guys, whether it's through here or through our coaching business that are in that same boat that can't make that move. And they just are stuck and they're just stagnant. But they're but they're on paper, very successful. As a scorecard, the money, they're they're leading. They're leading big time. But they hate their life every day. Every morning it's tons of anxiety. Every night it's tons of depression. Every weekend it's tons of panic. Like, how did you manage that? Did you feel any of that stuff when you were leaving mortgages? Because you were successful. Like, why leave that? Why chase your dream to be fulfilled?
0: That's a great question. Why chase the dream? to be fulfilled. I, I can't live any other way. For me, it was, if I don't do this, I'll never know. I know where I am now, but if I don't do this, I'll live a life of regret. And I couldn't do that. I couldn't, I couldn't stand myself wondering what could I have become? Who could I have become? What could I have achieved? Who could I have helped if I would have taken that additional, taken that step, that leap of faith. So, um, yeah, so I've I've lived my whole life like that, where it's yeah. I've i felt on a spiritual level, I feel like God closes doors and opens another one, and it's just been boom, boom, always. It's like here's where you're supposed to go. Sometimes there's two, yeah, and then He's letting me choose, right? But there's always that next step. But I think a lot of guys get stuck in sitting in one spot because they're afraid to take that step, and then that's just it. Just is destructive. It's destructive to who we are as men and to what we're built to to be able to do.
1: Yeah. Now, were you, like, when you were in the mortgage business, were you married,
0: kids, or anything like that? Or was it just you? Yeah, so, um, well, so at 18, I wasn't. But uh, later on, yeah, uh, eventually. So when I left, I had three daughters. uh, So married, three daughters. um, And then, yeah, I jumped jumped out and said, I'm going to go do this. My first year was horrible. I made no money. That was really bad. And then it exploded for me. Um, In the next two years, I totally killed it. And since that time, it's been, it's been up and down as, as it is with any, with any um, entrepreneur in building businesses and things. But it was, it was me getting into the financial planning world. But what I loved is that I, it, it was all me. Like For example, in the beginning, so that, that first step in, first year was awful. The next two years were incredible. At the end of that, though, I had built something really great. And another guy wanted to take it. And that's a whole... Story by itself, but what I came away from that and in, in in understanding was that first off the thing had grown so fast that I didn't have I didn't have the growth that I that I personally needed. And one of the best things that happened for me was that that whole thing ended and I got to rebuild, and I got to rebuild and learn and develop more as as a person. And so when I look back on that, it's like you know that sucked, but look look what it built in me as 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 a man and as a person. I feel, I feel blessed really and, and grateful that those experiences happen because I'm a better person.
1: Yeah. And you weren't, I mean, what, what did you do with the fear, right? While we're talking about the personal piece within, within the business, which is, it's the only way to do this. You're never going to leave you and go start a business. And I think too many people think that and they go, well, you know, I, I deal with a little of this and a little of that, but I think I'll go make more money or I'll go start this business and it'll be okay. Cause I'll just keep myself busy. But that's, that's not the answer what'd you do to get through fear? Like, what were your tactics? What were your, your disciplines? And like, how did you maneuver through that to keep yourself on track? Yeah, I mean, three kids is a lot.
0: Yeah, there's five now, but yeah, oh, wow. three was a lot. <laughs> nice. <then>. nice. <laughs> we're done. Five. Yeah. That's it. Um, so, so what did I do? So for me, I, I do have this weird ability to manage stress. Um, like some guys, they get so riled up in the fear that they, they're paralyzed. And I've, I've never been like that. I can, I can handle the stress. And I think that the way that I do that is I always focus back on what are the fundamentals? Are the fundamentals of what I'm doing, of who I am, of what we've built here as a business, are those wrong? Are those bad? Is the foundation of what I'm doing, is it, is it wrong? Is, is there something wrong with it? Um, no. And so, you know, sometimes we get all worked up over, over things that are big deals, but we make them bigger versus okay what's our next step and a lot of guys would just hunker down and like crawl into their shell instead of guys there's no way forward except forward we can't go back we did that we only can go forward so there's a new challenge in front of us let's just take the steps let's go it's hard it's always hard you're either gonna it's gonna be hard to do nothing because that sucks by itself now you're dealing with different problems or it's hard to move forward and grow pick your pick your heart. Um, that's a good, and, that's a good way and, and go hard. for it. Pick your heart. Yeah. Um, something else that I think is really powerful. And I was mentioning this to you earlier. Um, so this great book that I'm, I've been listening to uh, wild at heart, uh, by John Eldridge. And you guys listening, if you haven't listened to John Eldridge wild at heart, it's phenomenal. But something he says in there is that we were built for hard men are built to do these things we are built to take on challenges you look at the history you look at the wars that we've fought the way that we jump in and will save women and children and other men that's built innately into us he, he, he talks about the, uh, the 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 shootings in the um, Columbine school and how hurt that was and how there was this group that came out of of led by a man who said, this is the, this is the, the pinnacle of the, of the problem. This is, these are all boys and just, and boys are bad, men are bad and we got to change them. And so what do we have? We've got 30 years of, of society trying to tell us to be more like women. And what has that done? You got, you got lots of issues that, 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 that creates for, for us um, and not knowing who we are. Um, but what, what people don't realize in that same scenario at Columbine high school, yes, it were, it was men in there because men are naturally more aggressive. Sure. We're built that way because we're built to protect. And what they don't talk about in there were the, the boys that, that sacrificed themselves to let other people out of the room that held the door open and then got shot themselves. That's also innately in every man. So remembering that, that element of, of the power of, of what we have as, as men To preside, to provide, and protect. Those are three elements also that I look at. Preside, provide, and protect. Those are also core to what it means to to being a man. And a man needs a mission, right? That's the core thing that drives him forward to be able to do those things. It's not money. Money is a byproduct, right? It's it's a mission. And a man that doesn't know his mission is empty.
1: Yeah, that's uh that's huge man. I want let's dig into that for a second. <laughs> you got I think you and I could talk about everything but your stuff. But we need to make sure we stay on topic. Um so one of the big one of the big things that that my partner Aaron and I do in our front runner live events, our our group coaching, our mastermind weekend masterminds is we help people especially men establish a mission statement for their life, not for the business, not for making money, but for their life. Because every decision that I make for my time, my effort, and my energy and my money, right? Because those are, those are abundance. That's resources. It's not just money isn't abundance. It's time, energy, effort, money. Everything I make a decision on comes from that mission statement. That mission statement is here on my whiteboard. It's up on my fridge. It's in my car. It's in my bathroom, my wife, like we have, my wife and I use two separate bathrooms because it's a lot easier that way. And uh, and so like we both are looking at that every day, knowing that we're making decisions based on this mission for this family. That's it. So my mission as a provider, and it just so happens that I'm a man and a provider. And it, that is generally, I think, uh, the stereotype. But I know a lot of powerful women that are providers in their family and they're and they're amazing people. Absolutely. So I'm just saying like me as a provider, my wife as the nurturer, what does it look like for us to be that power couple? How do we maximize her nurturing, my providing? Also, how do I maximize my nurturing of her and her providing for me, which is a big one that we've, you know, obviously we had to figure out. But the mission statement is crucial. And if you don't have one, like for all of you that are listening, if you don't have a mission statement, like I've got a little PDF I'll send you out, I'll send out or we'll put it in our Facebook group, which, you know, if you haven't been on the Facebook group, men on purpose, that's it. Not the podcast group, just the Men on purpose community group. Check that out because like this is this could be literally your your springboard, like everything that Ryan's talking about. This could be your springboard moving forward. Establish a mission, a vision for your life, what's possible for the world with you in it and move, you know. It's a lot more than I expected to get when I asked you that question, but it's perfect, man. It's absolutely perfect. <laughs> it's exactly what, you know, t- tens of thousands of people listen to this episode, but the one person listening right now, that's for you. Man or woman, doesn't matter. It's more women that listen to this podcast than men actually. But that was for you. <laughs> so dude, <laughs> let's shift gears here for a second because we could go down this personal development thing all day long. But I want to make sure that we talk about the financial aspect to everything that you do in cube. And like, I think some of this stuff is really fascinating. I mean, actually all of it's fascinating. That's why I said, Hey, I'd love to have you on the show. So start with the financial planning. Like as a financial planner, you weren't happy or you were just seeing things. And let me, let me tee this off by a a statement. My dad used to say to me, I would say, dad, I have these like, life insurance guys and these guys who were selling mutual funds like after me all the time why are they after me i was like 23 and he's like cuz you got cuz they they know you're making money they they get it from the cars you're buying and you bought a two houses in Myrtle Beach like that's that's what's happening then he said to me look just understand and i want you to clarify this or 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 deny it he said just understand this if he said i don't want you going with any of them because if they were meat salesmen and you were the only customer of the day and all you sold was beef and you as a, and you as a client came in or a customer came in and all you wanted was pork. That guy is going to make sure that you leave with beef that day because his family's going to eat from that sale. That's what they're doing. They're not looking out for you. They're looking out for them and selling the company's product. Now I'm not saying that it's scummy. I'm not saying that it's illegal. I'm not saying it's unethical. I'm saying that it's unclear. In my experience, and I know that I'm going to have a lot of financial planners that are mad at me on that one, but I'm not trashing financial planning. I'm trashing the approach. And I think it's scummy. The way that I've experienced it, only my experience. But for you, you mentioned that earlier, same kind of thing. Like, like I think it's very self centered and selfish to sell only that product. And I would only have a financial planner that could sell me what's right for me, not from your book. What do you say about that?
0: Yeah. So I, it's kind of the same thing. Like I was saying in the beginning, I I went down that path of financial planning and I got turned off because it was very myopic. They're very hyper-focused on everyone needs a 401k. Right. And that's not true. 401k is a vehicle it's great for a lot of people but it's also not for a lot of other people and they often don't know the difference they just sell like the meat salesman scenario you we're talking about so I, I went out and turned and went into a different a different type of planner which is less common uh that's called um, typically called a holistic plan and holistic planning i think is amazing because they look at all four domains of money cash flow protection assets and liabilities if you're looking at it from a if you're going to evaluate a business right you get your balance sheet and your like cash go, flow you it's the same again? thing for for you personally yeah so you've got cash flow i i i look at it as a house financial house at the bottom you have your cash flow yep. out of cash flow everything comes out of that but you build a home and you build wealth the same way uh, Well, you you build wealth the same way you build a home it's right. step by step you start with a the foundation then you build your walls and your structure then you go inside and do your finishing Work, so if it's you don't start building a kitchen. Yeah, so it's actually cash for cash flow. Yep, your protection elements—that's domain two—and then you have assets and liabilities, and it all stems out of cash flow.
1: Got it. Cool. Okay, just want to jot those down.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, so what? So the the planning that I did was holistic planning, where I would look at all four of those and help people. Wherever they needed help. If they had a lot of debt, I would tackle debt. Most financial planners won't even touch that because there's no money in it. Yeah. But if that's what the couple needed or the individual needed, because I hate debt, it's yeah. the biggest drain on your asset building potential, debt, right? So I would do that. If someone had bad budgeting issues with their cash flow, that's a problem because it affects the entire house. So I would focus there. Most planners won't do that. They're just going to focus in on your assets and usually just one sliver of that, that bothers me. And that's what you're getting at with the beef salesman. Yeah. Yep. So yeah. Holistic planners, anyone listening, find yourself a holistic planner, a lot of, not all insurance agents, but some are trained in this because, because of the nature of, of insurance where it's protective first. So there's a lot of insurances that are trained in that discipline and they're really, really good. Not yep. all, but they're really good that way.
1: I mean, with that's any industry has, has the greats and the not, and the majority, which are not great. So like, I always tell people, and by the way, let me just make a clarification for anybody that's listening that has a financial planner. It's not, we're not saying that it's wrong or that you should switch. Uh, We're just saying like be more aware, the more educated and aware you are and clear you are on what it is that you need. If you're not being educated by your financial planner, but I can say the same thing for real estate. I tell people all the time, yeah, you're only looking at the best or maybe 15 to 20%. Maybe. If you're dealing with one of the eighties, they're not working in your best interests. That is clear. Cause I've been in this business for a long time. It is very clear. They are opening doors yeah. for you and they are pushing some buttons on a computer to get a pre-filled contract out to you. That's it. I think the financial planning industry is kind of the same thing when it comes to like the big boys that are they're just recruiting the hell out of salesmen. Yeah. So we're just educating you here, right? The five commitments elevate, educate, empower, enrich, and evolve. We're just, we're just helping lift your awareness today. That's the best part. So then did you, are you still holistic or you, did you switch again? Or did you evolve out of that?
0: No. So where I went is I was actually writing a book uh, called the order of wealth. This is about seven years ago. And, uh, some of the core concepts I've just shared that that financial house concept is is part of that book. Um, but it was through that, that process. So here, here again, doors opening and, and doors closing, right. Um, it was through that process that I became very frustrated because I really didn't have anything unique or powerful or life-changing for the cash flow piece. And I really wanted something. So I finished the book, but it just nagged at me because I was like, I can't, I need something here. And then I was working with a new client out of Texas, uh, making $250,000 a year. And, but they had no money. He'd been making that for 10 years and they'd spent it all with nothing to show for themselves. It was sad. Um, and I remember one day the husband called me, he was driving home on the freeway and he said, Ryan, I can't have the next 10 years be, be like my last. And I always looked for the, the, a level of seriousness, like, okay, are you, you know, are you, how committed are you? What's, what's your why? Why do you want to do this? And so with that, we got, we got started. We put together, among other things, we put together a great budget for them. And I put them on the latest and greatest tech tool at the time that I thought would be great for them. But sure enough, four or five months in, guess what happened? They fell Uh, off. Yeah. Because the environment, the environment of banking is not designed to enable financial principles. And they fell off. Really, I look at it as a victim to the system. It's like so many people are. Think about it. If your fridge is filled with junk food, what are you going to go eat? Probably junk food, right? Uh If your fridge is filled with healthy stuff in good portions and everything, what are you naturally going to eat? Healthy stuff. True, because by nature, yeah, yeah, by nature we're all lazy, and that's not a bad thing. It's an efficiency thing. We're all, we know, there's only so much energy we can, we can expend a day. We're trying to do as much as we can, and trying to figure out food all the time. That's another thing to do. So we're going to default back to whatever is easy. The banking system is that junk food fridge, or it's just an empty fridge with nothing there at yeah. all. anyway, but the environment, I'm talking about the importance of creating the proper environment for your money. So it was out of frustration doing the book that I, and then this couple, they were the the last, the final straw that broke camel's back, right? That whole thing. um, That caused me to want to make a difference, to want to do something. I knew what I wanted for this couple, but the system didn't exist. The technology wasn't there. And so I met with a friend of mine, and uh, he, he was a developer in the financial payments uh, financial um payment processing space and i went to him and we had a lunch meeting that lasted three hours because i said this is what i want is it possible and we just filled the yellow pad of ideas six months later we wrote a patent started the company um and now that was five years ago it's been a challenge because the technology to do this really hasn't been there. We've had to develop it and push to get it here. And now we've created Cube Money, which finally restores that power, that control back to the person, back to the the user, giving them purpose again with their money. Like we used to have when we all operated off of cash, right? Everything was very purposeful then because you could see it, touch it. It was right there. But who wants to deal with cash anymore? (laughs) I don't. I I
1: actually like, when I have cash in my pocket, I like Cash, and I get to like <laughs> I get to like divvy it up. I'm like, cool, okay, I'm gonna spend. But it sucks because you go, God, man, I had a hundred bucks in my pocket and it's gone, and it's only five o'clock. What the hell did I do today? Oh, I went to breakfast and lunch and bought a acai ball. Okay, well, shit, that was a hundred bucks. Yeah, it's that's the hard oh, part. But that's yeah. I think that's natural that or not uh, natural, but it's it's important for you to see how fast money goes.
0: Yeah. Yeah, the the, the tangibility of money that we used to have made it easier to manage. And now with it all being digital, it's created this massive disconnection in our minds between our spending and our our money. It's so nebulous now that um, there's different statistics out there, but somewhere between 17 and 20% people are overspending. Just swipe that card because it's so easy. And if you think about it, that's where banks make their money. They want you to spend. They're not really interested in you being financially fit. That's not how they make money. Right. They like the overdraft fees. They like you just swiping happy. <laughs> yeah. So why should they really do anything about it? So I,
1: man, I gotta watch, I gotta watch our time. here Cause I have like 10, uh, 10 questions for you that I'm just thinking about as you're talking. <laughs> so I know there's something that you, like I read in your bio about the envelope system. Right. And cube is the, is the answer to the envelope system. Do I have that right?
0: Yeah, that's right. So the the cash envelope budgeting method is the most successful, most powerful behavior changing budgeting system ever.
1: Explain that real quick for someone that doesn't know it.
0: Sure, so cash envelopes is basically the system where you literally take a physical envelope, Mm -hmm. you write food on it, you put some money in, then you get another one for clothing and another one for entertainment and another one for this bill and for that bill and so on. What it does is it creates purpose with your money right then and there. You're saying, "I want to spend two hundred dollars on food, or I want to spend five hundred on, on entertainment." You're creating purpose. Whereas most people, they dump all their money in one big bucket, and then they they're standing in the aisle and thinking, "Okay, do I have enough? Can I afford this purchase?" Uh, yeah, I think right, so. right. And it, right. This connection, right? There's no yeah. purpose. It's just, oh, I think I can, and that creates a really bad um, uh, relationship also with money. They're always. Depending on how they are exactly with their money, they're kind of worried. Well, should I spend this much on money? Well, I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't. And there's this negativity with spending. Whereas the purposeful approach, I put $500 in entertainment, in fun. I plan to spend that. And now when you're there with your kids and you're at the um, at the carnival, it's like, yeah, kids. Do it. I already planned to spend this money. Let's do it. And now that spending is a joyous thing that creates those memories. It, it alleviates that, that anxiety and you, you're living on purpose, right? Yeah. That's yeah. The, the total difference. Reactionary living versus purposeful. So cash envelopes does that. But, and especially during, over the last year with COVID, how many of us have seen signs that say, no, we don't accept cash? Yeah, yeah. Maybe. yeah. You know, I mean, there were, it was already going away, but our society is becoming more and more digital because it's great. I don't like carrying coins. I don't like carrying bills. And like, right. Ian, you were saying that $100. Well, how did you split that $100 bill? Did you like tear it up? How, how did you do that? No. <laughs> <laughs> cash. It, it's hard to divide cash is my point. So you know,
1: 90 cents of it, <laughs> 90 cents of it is still at the Acai Bowl place because they were like, look, I mean, we'll, I, I said, look, I only have this. I only have like 20 bucks on me. And she's like, okay, well, we don't take cash, but we can, we just don't carry change. So any uh-huh. cents we're gonna owe you. And I was like, I come in here all the time, it's fine. <laughs> I should have known. Living in LA, like no, nobody takes cash. It's dirty.
0: Yeah, it's dirty. Yeah. It's dirty, you know, who's touched it. Yeah, totally. It, for me it's it, it's it's annoying. And then you're gonna trade one bill and get a million coins and who knows where those have been, and I do right? Even right, carry right. It anyway, right. It's so much easier to do, do things digital, but there's this problem where digital is nebulous you don't see it you don't touch it you don't it's harder to manage so cube solves all that because we've digitized the cash envelope system the behaviors that exist in cash envelopes we've mimicked those with cube so the the core the, the biggest power that, uh, that spending with cash envelopes has is that it's purposeful, right? So first you're assigning, you're giving purpose to all your money. Okay. No. So now when you go to the store, you've got your food and your entertainment, and your clothing and whatnot, all right there. So when you want to spend before the purchase, you have to think two questions, where's this money coming from? And do I have enough? Right. So you open your wallet you're like, oh, okay, this is, this is a entertainment. Okay. So I'm going to check. Yeah, I got enough you put the money in your hand and you pay all of those little actions that we do mindlessly or just, I everything mean, that we can do quickly. Um, that's all part of the immense power of cash envelopes. Hmm. Cube works the exact same way. You, except you get out your phone, you just tap on the cube you want to spend from now the money loads up onto your card. If you just swipe your card without making a choice, there's no money there. Cause you didn't, you have to make a choice first. Oh, interesting. And by making choice before the purchase, that's where we get purpose, right. And a purposeful a purpose-filled life.
1: And cognizant, you're cognizant and purposeful. It's, all right. That makes sense. It's simple enough. Yeah, exactly. Let me ask you something in terms of, it's really health. easy. It's really fast. So like, you know, for instance, that person, I run into this all the freaking time. Somebody says, yeah, I mean, I, I want to lose like, like uh, maybe 25, 30 pounds. And I go, cool. Well, why don't you just change your eating habits? And they go, yeah, you know, it's not that easy. And I go, well, it actually is. It's a choice. Every time you put something up to your mouth, you have a choice to open and put it in. That's a choice. I don't care what your trauma is. I don't care what you ha- what you're, what's going on in your head. It's a choice. You're making a choice to make that, you know, take care of your trauma or, or, or extinguish your, your fear or pain or whatever. How do you change somebody's habits? Because I think it's a little, maybe it's a little easier with food although food satisfies like money does, how do you change someone's habits? Because like the couple you are talking about that was making 250 and spending 250 their habits were off, you know? And like, does Cube help solve their habits and change the habits of, of yeah, so money, the thought processes and the actions with money?
0: Yeah. Yeah, so if you want to answer that question in depth, The best book I have I have found uh, is this one right here. Clear. You may have heard of it, Atomic Habits by James Clear. Yep. Powerful book. This thing is my my second favorite book ever. But he'll go into it exactly. The cool thing about it is that all of his steps, without me knowing about him in the beginning, all of those steps to make to create a new habit, to get rid of old habits and create new habits, every one of his steps exists in Cube Money. Hmm. I didn't know that. Love that. One day I want to connect with him, but the, 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 the core thing, and this is something he talks about is you do want to change your environment. If you can do that. So there's, there's the, the sheer willpower of just trying to do something. And we know that always fails because that willpower is going to end at some point. That's why people get onto budgets and they're like diets, mm-hmm. right? That's- they only last as long as the willpower and then it falls off. The thing to, that we have to do, if, if you want to become a healthy person, you need to change your identity. And then change your environment. If you're hanging out with, uh, with, with people that are not healthy, maybe change who you're hanging out with. Go to the gym. Maybe get a different friend group. But if that's serious to you, also change your identity. Start telling yourself, I am a healthy person. Yeah. And now your decisions, the choices you were just talking about, Ian, they'll, they'll, those will come out of that identity. Yep. Does a healthy person eat this, eat this burger and fries every day? Uh, no. Easy. I mean, easy enough. You start telling yourself yeah it seems that way but a lot of people say oh and they're staring at the burger and like oh i got it you know that's way too late and it's the same thing with money if you want to become financially fit if you want to change how you work with money you need to change your environment cube does that instantly as soon as, as, soon as someone joins with cube their environment is now changed because the system itself operates differently if you want to spend you have to tap and and swipe now we've got there's there's lots of ways you can customize cube so you can make it how you want it exactly but that's the default nature of how i designed cube to be to mimic that powerful powerful system so that people can live on purpose
1: i love that i mean that's that that tap right there it's like the pattern interrupter exactly it's so it's just it's it's
0: it is it's massive massive we we have people that tell us all the time i don't want to have to tap to spend my money i'm like do you use apple pay because you just changed your behavior there. Instead of getting a card out of your wallet, which took right. multiple steps, by the way, you now have to go to your phone and double-click it. Right. I know that's a lot. <laughs> so, like, here, let me, let me just demonstrate this, Ian, for you. So, I'm going to go into Cube real quick. Let me yep. just get out of what I was in. Okay. So, here I am on my phone. I tap to open Cube. Yep. Loading. Got to see my face. Find on the App Store, right? Everything on the App Store, yep, or Google Play, either one. Okay. So, here's a big list of Cubes, mm-hmm. All right? I'm going to just open my Food Cube and it's open. So now I will, I, I love Apple pay. So I'm just going to double click my button and now I tap my phone and I'm done. That's how much time that actually takes. It's so easy, but it creates the intention where otherwise there is none. So just that little tap two seconds, I'm spending out of food. Oh, and by the way, when I looked at that, when I had to choose, all of my balances are presented right there, right front and center. So I can say, so I can answer that first question. Do I have enough to do this purchase? Right. Oh, Oh, maybe I don't. Oh, but I can transfer money, but which means I have to reprioritize my, my priorities, which is a powerful thing. Like Mm -hmm. the other day I was, I was in a store and I was like $5 short. I was like, Oh crap. But I got to choose. Do I want to take money from, My I've got I've got a category or a cube in here that's called kids fun. So it's activities with my kids, and I was like, Oh, "Should I take it from there?" It's five bucks, Uh, and I chose to do that. So now I have five less over there. But I was conscious, I was aware, I was purposeful in all of that activity.
1: Yeah, I mean that's that's a really that's really smart. Like I when I read about this, I didn't I didn't assume it would be like this. So while we're on that topic, let's talk about the the family aspect, the kids aspect. You know I. I don't. I, I know very few people who have educated their kids properly on money. My partner Aaron, he's on here all the time. He has a a, a financial literacy, and I know he's going to kill me for saying that because I don't think it's financial literacy. It's it's education, financial education for for children in school to make sure that they don't end up like ninety eight percent of the of the population just in this country with credit and and student debt and all that shit. And they actually have an education to be purposeful with their intentions and their, and their activities. Not that they will make the best choices, but that they at least have the information to back it up. So how can, how can parents use this to teach their kids about money and about spending and about uh, saving? The,
0: the, yeah. So the, the great thing about what you just said is there does need to be education. Yeah. So me, I, I, go to my kids, you know, my, one of my daughters will come back from babysitting or something and she's got a 20 in her hand. I'm like, Oh, let me show you what you can do with that. And I get all excited. But she's holding a $20 bill and I want to tell her, Hey, let's take 10% of that and put that to charity. Let's take 20% put it in savings and you can spend the rest. What kind of goals do you have? And we'll talk about that. And that's all exciting. But how do I take a $20 bill and now divide it up? Right. So what it often ends up being, cause I don't want to go down to the bank and have to change it and make it divisible. You know, just now because it's massive hassle, Now it just becomes me talking theory and no implementation, which is what happens with so many education, great financial education courses. Like, you know, you'll go and you'll spend this three days in a workshop and they come out and they're all pumped, but now it's willpower because this fridge is filled with junk food. The environment of money hasn't changed. They're still operating out of the same financial environment. So Cube changes that. So to to your partner, I would say, Cube will implement what he's teaching. And now he can be super dad and really teach it and implement that plan long-term where it's easy. The system will work exactly the way he's teaching it.
1: Yeah. And it's important because like the other aspect of that is couples. And we all know that couple that like, for any of those people that are listening, who listen to Howard Stern, Sal, the stockbroker talks about this all the time. He makes a ton of money and doesn't what we think he says, I, he doesn't spend a ton of money, but his wife's just draining him dry. But that is a common occurrence, but it's the result of a lot of different things. One is financial education. And two, it's the result of miscommunication or no communication. It's the result of bad habits, bad togetherness and bad just, just, just being a couple. And I found um, a lot of the people that I talk to, like, you know, from where I live in L.A., uh, most spouses of the breadwinner doesn't have to be men or women. It's just most spouses of the breadwinner are spending to make themselves feel better because the breadwinner isn't paying attention to them because the breadwinner is miserable. Just like we talked about in the beginning of this conversation, the breadwinner is miserable. Yeah. And can't get out of that vicious cycle. So like this whole yeah. thing doesn't have to do with just money habits. This has to do with communication, love, sex, um, understanding of yourself habits. Like it's a lot of shit involved. This thing yeah. could actually interrupt some, some serious patterns. It's not going to fix your communication with your spouse, but it would make communication about money easier for sure. So, like how, how do couples uh, with and without you? Like how do couples sit down and actually start to have conversations about money? It's always easier to just let somebody spend than try and reel them in. You know, how does somebody have yeah. that conversation?
0: So there's great training on on these things, Um, and just to keep things simple for today's show, I'm going to say it still comes down to an environment. If you're if you have not created an environment of communication around money, because in a lot of families, money is like the unspoken thing. You That's know, what I'm saying. About, yeah, yeah. But then, but then, what happens? Well, the two are like she goes out and she buys a bunch of stuff. He doesn't find value in what she bought, so he's like, "You spent how much on what?" And then it, the same thing happens with her. You spend how much on what? Because they, you know, they have different, values. and they should. Every individual, you know, e- even though we're married, we're not, the worst thing in the world is to be codependent, right? You yeah. have to be two individuals that are interdependent in that relationship, which means you both need to be able to function independently of each other, but then choose every day to be together and to work together. There needs to be some autonomy. He needs, her, he needs his own money and she needs her own money. What they both need though is they need some limits. Yeah. You've got 200 bucks or whatever the number is, whatever it is, you put a cap, you both agree. And that's amazing. So cube does that because everything, Every single cube has a cap. You're, you're, it's this much for food and this much for that. And then it doesn't matter who's really spending because you both agreed in the right. beginning, before you're at the store seeing all the marketing, you both agreed in the beginning, this is how much we want to spend on food. This is how much we want to spend on vacations. This is how much here. And, and you'd make that choice without the emotion in love and harmony together and you dedicate, this is how it's going to be. Now, here's what happens. The plans always change. This is one of my biggest problems with most budgets is they're too rigid. Life changes, right? So the plan has to be the flex. So now he's out shopping. He sees that new iWatch that he wants really bad. Or for me, it was the new Garmin, uh, what was it called? Runner or something. I just, I saw it was on sale, 50% off. I was like, ah, I just bought that a couple of days ago. So he's out there seeing that if something's on sale, he wants it. He opens up his technology cube, ah, not enough money. So now he's going to change the plan. They've got more money, right? But he wants to change the plan. Should he take it from that vacation cube? Uh, Maybe he should take it from her clothing cube. Uh, Probably not, right? That might create a problem, (laughs) right? But he has this ability. He can go and choose. So now he's he's either going to weigh out his options of where he could take the money, and make a choice and make that change. If he does, she's going to get a notification. Hey, Ryan just moved some money from vacation to his technology cube. Oh, at least there's a the conversation started. I would say there's a conversation happening at least. Yeah. Well, and because the worst thing in the world is that that whole transaction happens and he doesn't tell her. She finds out later when she's reviewing a statement and now she feels like she stole from him. Right. Now you've damaged the relationship. Right. You just lied to me right? That's worse, infinitely worse. worse. And when the couple knows it's gonna happen, when the communications is upfront, then that's easy. Anyway, so he could move the money, but he might also just go through and weigh out the priorities and go, you know what? I think I'm not buying the watch right right now. I think I have to save up next month and hopefully I can find another deal. There's deals all the time, you know?
1: Yeah,
0: wait for the next one. So he's gonna make a more proactive decision before the purchase and before the fight yeah. Because he can see everything right there. They had conversations before where they purposefully des- uh, uh, designed how they want their money to go. Life's better. They have greater peace. So here's, here's something really cool, Ian. Yeah. Um, about three weeks ago, I had a conversation with six couples in their living room. They had a cube party and they invited me. I was <laughs> like, wow. And I thought I'd just kind of come in and tell my story. But th- at the end, they said, hey, Ryan, we want to tell you how much cube has meant to us. And I was like, oh, Okay. And these couples went around in this room and told me some of the most amazing stories I've ever heard that honestly moved me to tears by the end of the conversation because the very mission that I've been driving at and why I've built this company was realized in that living room. Uh, there was one couple, he's a CA. And she, every single month, felt like a, the biggest failure because she couldn't stick with the plan that he had designed. She wanted to, but she couldn't. And since she'd been on cube, she stuck to it for the full three months that she'd been on that made a huge difference in the relationship. Sure. Right. There was another couple that talked about how their sex life has improved because the relationship is better. Their communication is better. They trust each other. They're more on the same page. That's amazing. And around the whole room, one couple talked about how the kids are seeing it and and, and how it's impacting even the kids. Um, You know, just those kinds of things, those are huge to me. We have, as part of our mission, we have a goal to change, to influence the divorce rate in America, to lower it by 1%. And through the environment changes and the communication and these types of things, we believe that's possible. Yeah. I mean, so it sounds like it, man. That's, that's a lot of what we're about.
1: That's awesome. I love that I learned that. We all learn that through that. Like, I, I, I get pitched 100 guests a week and I'm like, how do I how do I ensure that it is going to be a very on purpose conversation to do my five E's for this for this audience? That this is this is like shit. I wish we would have talked about this in the beginning now, because <laughs> we could we do <laughs> this so much. Like when you were saying that even before you told the couple stories, I'm thinking, wow, this freaking app like it can save a marriage. Because I grew up in a household. I don't care if my parents are not happy that I'm talking about this. But I grew up in a household where my mom has a was, was programmed with a, a very strict mindset of scarcity, even though her her father had some money, uh, very strict mindset of scarcity. My dad had a very abundant mindset, grew up in a trailer in West Virginia, and then moved to Baltimore. And then he he um he had a very, very high risk tolerance, an entrepreneur like took huge risks and made great amounts of money. That didn't mix. What didn't mix at all was that they didn't communicate about it it was always an ask forgiveness kind of thing because to my dad my mom would freak out at anything literally anything i remember my, my dad brought home in 1999 my dad brought home uh, a brand new bmw m3 i still have that car and and my mom i thought my mom was leaving that day i mean i it was it was like it was like <laughs> The the apocalypse apocalypse was coming and she had to pack her bags. I mean, she was so upset. And I realized then, like, I didn't get programmed like that because my wife and I are very clear. We go through our money every month. My wife runs the stuff. I may, like, we are very clear in communication. But, like, I learned that. And then I have other people in my life, and I definitely won't mention them, that they don't communicate whatsoever. There's no understanding of where the money is, how much money there is. There's no retirement, nothing. And it leaves the spouse in total panic, freak out mode about money at all times, you know. And I, I get to watch that from the outside and look at my relationship and say, you know what? It's um, I think we're doing pretty well. Now, what I'm thinking is because I travel back and forth from the East Coast to the West Coast a lot is I think instead of my wife going through the card statements with me and saying like, hey, what what, what, what is this? What's that? this actually could help me like I'm leaving for LA on Monday. Uh, and, and I could have a little cube system and load up money and go, all right, great. So now I have not to be cognizant. I can't just be like, yeah, I'm going on a business trip. I'll business this, I'll business that. Oh, here we go. You know, I always ask her like, what's the budget? And she goes, just, you know what the budget is, just be around that. But in my mind, I can't keep track of a three week trip. It's not like two days. So that doesn't it doesn't cause any turmoil? But I think us sitting down and saying, "Cool, what's the what's a three week budget? Right, Fifteen hundred bucks for your food and you know things like that." Cool. All right, load it up here. I know you need to buy two new pairs of jeans. I know you need to get a plane ticket. Get this. Get a Toro car, and you need to eat for three weeks. all right, Let's up your budget a little bit more. Here's your Toro car budget. When I go on Toro and I look at all these different cars, I'm like, "Well, it's only ten bucks more. It's only eight bucks more than that. It's only nine bucks more than that." If I had the budget mm-hmm. set. Like, honestly, if she said it for me, I'd be like, cool, I only have this. So these are the 10 cars that I can get, I can choose from. I think that that would be so much more efficient. Forget about like our communication is there, but the efficiency for us to not have to like talk for four hours of like, well, Mayor, can I get this car? Mayor, how about this car? It's only like five yeah. a day. Well, Mayor, can I stay in this Airbnb? It's a little bit better. It's a little bit <laughs> like Like she, she could literally say to me, no, that's your budget. You can blow it all in the car, blow it all in the house and it's starve to death. I don't care. It's your call.
0: And now you've got more you're now more empowered. More empowered. That's exactly right. Dude, that's so yeah. cool. I, I
1: love that yeah. you're doing this. You really are a man on purpose, man. Like that's so awesome. <laughs> your your trajectory, your 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 um path in life has led you to a thing, creating a business that like literally can save relationships and educate people and have that pattern interrupted it's so cool i love it and thank you for quitting your jobs along the way to pursue your dream that's big that's huge huge thank you yeah that's a and that that's to be so i love I,
0: I love this stuff and i think for any anyone listening man or woman if you're if you're wanting greater control and purpose in your life if you're wanting to live an intentional life changing how your money works is essential and cube makes it easy. That's what the whole system has been designed to make that easy to be totally, uh, totally in control, intentional on purpose. We haven't really haven't even talked about the technology, but that's what it does. It's, yeah, it's great. That. Now we're, we're constantly improving it, but, um, but the sheer, the sheer change in just that environment makes it such a dramatic, dramatic impact.
1: Yeah, I see it. I honestly so. see it. So tell everybody as we wrap up, where can they find cube? It's Q.
0: It's cube with a Q. Q-U-B-E. Cubemoney.com. Cubemoney.com.
1: Cool. All right. Ryan Clark, it's been a pleasure, my friend. Thanks for being on. My pleasure. Yeah. So listen, everybody, thanks for listening. We're going to wrap this up. Listen, everything you want to know about cube, if you have more questions, I'm going to put everything in the show notes. It's going to be on the website. Q, hold on cube. Do the website again. Cube money with a Q Got it. cube with a Q money.com. So you go to cube money.com. You figure that out, ask Ryan questions, send him an email, bug him on social media. Like this is a cool thing and I'm not promoting it. And Ryan's not on here to promote this. I chose to have Ryan on because I thought this was really cool. And I thought it could be very purposeful and helpful for our audience. So, all right. That's it. That's a wrap. Let's, um, uh, there was one thing I wanted to ask you and I freaking blanked and I, I didn't write it down. Well, you know what? We'll have you, we'll have you back on. We'll, we'll maybe we can do a, um, maybe we can do like a, like a test or something with cube and like come back in like six months and see how it went. You want to do that?
0: Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'd love, Ian. You know, honestly, I love what you're about so much. I mean, we can we could talk tech. We can talk just living on purpose. Tech. Those are purposeful living is such a big passion of mine. I yeah, I'd love to come on whenever you, whenever you'd like to have me. Whenever I could add value, I I love what you're doing. Yeah, I love it. All right, audience,
1: thanks for listening. We'll catch you on the next one.
0: Thanks again for listening to the Men on Purpose podcast where our mission is to educate, elevate, and activate every man to truly live their best, most fulfilling life possible. To find out more about the podcast, our guests or becoming a man on purpose, visit menonpurposepodcast.com and choose your most purposeful path forward.